Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'm going to be joined by Chelsea Pites, and we're going to talk about Instagram stories, everything from creation to conversion. If you've been resistant to creating content that disappears every day with Instagram stories, and you just don't see the connection between doing this type of content and ultimately creating a more loyal audience that wants to buy or fill out the form or whatever action you want them to take, you're going to absolutely love today's episode. By the way, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. If you're new to this podcast, be sure to click the follow button on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss any of our future content. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Chelsea Pites. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Chelsea Pites. If you don't know who she is, Chelsea's an Instagram strategist, consultant, and speaker who helps service-based businesses attract the right clients with video content. She's also host of the Chelsea Pites podcast. Her latest book is called What to Post. Chelsea, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Thank you so much. I'm so excited. I have been looking forward to this all week. So it's my pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. Well, for those that might recognize your voice, you've been a semi-regular on our social media marketing talk show with Jerry Potter. Super excited to bring you here on this show. Today, Chelsea and I are going to explore converting with Instagram stories. Now, before we go there, I want to ask you about your backstory. Like, how'd you get into Instagram marketing? Start wherever you want to start. I never anticipated working in anything that had to do with marketing or social media. I was actually going to school to be a clinical psychologist. I wanted to be a therapist and I am highly emotional and empathic. And I just wasn't so sure that if sitting in every session with my clients and crying with them would be poor form. So I ended up going down a completely unrelated path that led me to real estate. And for 23 years, I was in that industry. I was working for a Fortune 250 corporation, and I was hired as their director of marketing. And I was tasked with, hey, figure out how to attract some real estate humans. And I didn't really know what I was doing. So I decided to create classes around social media. The funny thing was, I didn't know anything about social media, but I knew that's what people needed. And I said, I'm going to figure this out. And I had been listening, of course, to Gary Vaynerchuk and many of the people that had been talking about social media. And specifically one day, something caught my ear on a podcast I was listening to, and Gary was talking about Snapchat. And that's where it all started. And I started doing an experiment 
And I thought, I don't know, let me see what this is all about. Let me just see if I can figure this out. It's kind of new. And it's probably something that if I can figure out, I can teach a few other people. And so I started testing it. I started using it. And what happened is after a few years, I ended up talking to people on a daily basis, people that I had never met. And I did not grow up with the Internet of Things. I am not a digital native. And I thought it was kind of weird to talk to people and connect with people on a daily basis that I didn't know. Strangers, if you will. And I remember my husband coming home and I said, oh, my gosh, you're never going to believe what happened to Shannon and her kids today. And he said, who's Shannon? And I said, well, you know, she's my Snapchat friend. And he's like, oh, babe. He's like, those aren't real people. Those aren't your real friends. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I know them. I know these people. I'm in their living rooms. I, I, I go to work with them. And I was absolutely struck by what was happening. How, why did I feel like I had this actual human to human connection with people I'd never met before? So I went back to my roots. And for about a year, I researched brains, biology and behavior. And I created sort of this idea around the science of screen to screen relationships and how our brains interact with other people's faces, even if it's through a screen and how technology plays into that and specifically how Snapchat changed cameras, communities and how we connect with other people and communication and how we will forever be talking in pictures. And so I ended up writing a book about that. And this is where you come into the story and you didn't even know that you were part of it. I ended up writing a book about this experience and how I, you know, explained this phenomenon that people can connect through technology. And in fact, you can use technology to be more human. When I wrote that book, there were several friends of mine who I still talk to to this day that I ended up flying out. We all did a meetup, which now seems pretty normal, but back then was not so normal. And we met and we decided to go to social media marketing world. Do you know what year that was? Oh my gosh. I think this was like eight, oh gosh, maybe eight years ago. We had a really fun time on the boat. We got to meet our friend Chocolate Johnny finally. Okay. And we met so many amazing people and it was like, we truly already knew each other. And so you played a role in how I ended up here and you didn't even know it. And you provided a really amazing place for us to get connected. And so we all kind of went together and it was a really incredible meetup. And it was just so much fun to be around people that were so passionate about what they were doing. And so fast forward from that, I started teaching classes, one, two people, really live video was just kind of coming on the scene. And I started speaking on larger stages and we came full circle because I started listening to Gary Vee and got onto Snapchat, wrote a book about it, and then ended up getting asked to speak at Gary's event about Instagram stories and Snapchat. And I ended up on Instagram stories because as we all know, Instagram loves a copy paste <laughs> and they decided to take out those stories from Snapchat and put it into their product. So at one point, most people were going over there and I, of course, followed. So that's how I ended up learning how to use Instagram and have a passion for teaching it and love research. And as you can tell, science, neuroscience, psychology and all the things that go along with social media and learning how to connect with people. Great story. Bring us up to kind of the present of what you're doing today. Are you still working in the real estate industry? Who are the people that you're serving? Kind of what are you, what are you doing now? 
Primarily, my my largest industry are what I call real estate and mortgage humans. And that is kind of a large group of people. I do expand outside of the world of real estate because this is really a strategy in using social media to market yourself with heart and humanity, not necessarily hustle and hacks. And specifically through video that anyone is able to use in any industry to create content that can make a stranger feel like they already know them. And so, yes, primarily my largest piece of the pie of clients are in that industry, but I'm expanding that. And about two years ago, I decided to launch my own company. It's a consulting and coaching and speaking company. And it's been a really fun entrepreneurial journey that I've learned in the last 18 months. <laughs> you know, it's really fascinating. So many people back when Snapchat was really hot because Gary Vee was absolutely evangelizing the heck out of it. So many of the people that are my friends uh, were very, very active, including myself on Snapchat. And then eventually they switched over to like YouTube or they switched over to Instagram. And, you know, my kids still use Snapchat to message their friends. You know what I mean? Uh, but beyond that, you know, Snapchat isn't uh, normally something we cover as much these days because as a marketing vehicle, it's just not a topic that our audience is super interested in, but we, can learn so much from what happened with Snapchat because Snapchat absolutely inspired so much of what we're going to be talking about today. There are some people listening right now, and we're going to talk about Instagram stories, folks, if you didn't catch that connection. There are some people listening right now who are active on Instagram, and perhaps they're using Instagram to post reels, or perhaps they're using Instagram to post pictures, right? Text, graphics, whatever you want to call it. But maybe they're not hip on the idea of having to create content that disappears in 24 hours, right? So why don't you explain to everybody why Instagram stories are so important, specifically so they they ought to pay attention to what we're going to talk about because I, I know, for example, there's a lot of people who are not into posting all the time, which is what you have to do, it seems, with stories. Absolutely. And that's something I can completely understand. And we're talking to all kinds of people listening, large brands, social media agencies. It may not be something that you want to put all of your eggs in one basket or for content that's disappearing. So we understand that we embrace it. And I love using a variety of content stories specifically for me, I think holds definitely a big piece of my heart because there's a couple of things that I think stories only uniquely does. And stories is, of course, focusing primarily on what I call the camera first communication. And now everything is right. Video, you're talking to it. It's face to camera. It was kind of the original place that we started talking to the camera. But what it really offers that I think is super unique is what I call real time shared experiences. And I remember in gosh, what was it in the 90s, I was watching this new TV show, my mom walked in the room, and she looked at me and I'm, you know, like this up on the on the floor. And she's like, what are you watching? And I'm like, Oh, my gosh, it's this great new show. I love it. It's so awesome. It's called the real world. And she's like, Well, what's it about? I'm like, Well, it's seven people that are living in New York. And I'm like, No, that's it. We just we just watch them. And she absolutely was like, what? Why on earth would you waste your time watching people sitting in a house talking? And that was my first experience and many of our first experience truly with reality TV in its purest form. And stories allows you one extra layer in that reality TV experience because I felt like I knew all seven of those people, but they had no idea who I was. 
And now with stories, it's basically real-ish time. It's not live. We're not live streaming, but it's in within this 24-hour period. Like you said, it disappears. So if I want to catch up with someone or if I want to go along the journey with them, I need to actually go and look. So I'm taking this proactive approach to decide to go and look before I lose that story. Now, not everybody's doing that, but your most connected community members are. And it offers this very unique experience of being able to go along the journey with the creator and actually provide input, feedback, and receive it back. And that's why there's this acceleration of trust and relationship and with people you don't even have never met in person, but you feel like you already know because you see them in their sacred spaces, which sacred spaces are like my living room. You see my dog and not everybody gets to be here with me in person. And so the idea of having that real time shared experience also coupled with that private direct messaging is a really powerful way to go very deep with your invested customers. And I'm going to take it one step further that I don't hear a lot of people talking about because we know by and large that stories are disappearing. And stories are usually seen by people that are, I call, already invested community members, followers, people that already know, like, and trust you probably a little bit or maybe really well. And so for many people, they don't think it's a way to necessarily get reach and growth and brand awareness. That's kind of where they do feed and reels. Now, I agree with that. However, what I think we historically have been missing this last couple of years is that with the new recommendation algorithm, your content is now going out to people that don't know you. And I think the last stat was like 40% of your feed content on Instagram is now from people you don't follow. And so other people are seeing your content and they're going to check out your profile for the first time. And I would argue that when they get on that profile for the first time and they're seeing that lit up circle with the stories, they're going to lurk with love. They're going to say, I want to stalk this and see what's happening and see the real unedited behind the scenes person before I decide to click follow. I would say that now it's probably even more important to have active stories because you are having those first time visitors who are coming because of your reel and they're checking out your content and they're going to click on that story. And so now we don't only have people that already know, like, and trust us. And it could be the one thing that gets that person to click that follow button. Well, and the other side of the equation also is the fact that those little circles are the first thing you see when you open up Instagram, right? And I don't know exactly how it works, but I'm guessing that the most recent one that posted is the first circle, or do you know if they're algorithmically determined? Like, how does that work? Do you have any sense of how that works? Yes. Well, luckily, Adam, the CEO of Instagram has just recently come out and talked about all of the different algorithms with in Instagram. And I did say plural. Yes, there is an algorithm for stories. There's an algorithm for the feed. There's an algorithm for reels, all the places. But by and large, it's looking at who are you communicating with? Who are you consuming? Who are you watching? Maybe it's who are you lurking with love? And who are you DMing with direct messaging? And that direct message has been a major focus for Instagram as a company for a very long time. And in specific, this last year is one of their major goals. So the more that you can communicate with someone, the algorithm has to use that data to determine, well, 
who should we push to the front of the lineup? And we're going to talk about some tactical ways on how you can help that. But yes, so the more often you engage or consume someone, you're going to see their stories move up to the front of the lineup. And also, if I'm only posting once a day, even if I'm sharing five or seven posts, maybe I'm on vacation or something like that, and I just kind of want to post them all at the same time. Once those expire, or if you put them all at the same time, then people aren't going to see you necessarily pop back up to the front of the feed when you're sort of adding to your story if you're already an avid watcher. So there is an algorithm just for stories, but just to generalize it, I'm obviously going way general and not getting into the details, but luckily you can go on their website and it will tell you all of this. It's really about who are you engaging with and predicting, you know, who you're following and who you'd want to see based on previous behaviors. Very cool. All right. So this topic right now specifically is really about using stories to ultimately move someone into a conversion, right? So here's what we know based on what you've said so far. Stories are really delivered up to your followers, right? Your fans, unlike reels, which are delivered up to anyone, right? Maybe they're following you. Maybe they're not following you, right? So let's talk about the kinds of content we need to create in order to ultimately be strategic with stories, right? Because you mentioned, you know, you could post when you're on vacation. And as we talked about before I hit record, I was recently at Disneyland. I could have posted, but I didn't think to do that. I'm not sure that kind of content ultimately would have helped me with my marketing objectives. So, you know, if we're gonna embrace stories, or maybe we're doing stories wrong and we really wanna do them right, what kind of content should we be thinking about so that we can ultimately move someone down the path towards a conversion? I try to keep content as simple as possible in my mind because, you know, content is a really big, big, big beast. And it can be really overwhelming, especially when you're looking in all these different formats and different areas. And I like to personally think of content in just three simple categories. Is the content, especially on stories, able to allow the person who's viewing it, does it allow that person to learn about me, to learn from me, and to learn with me? And so those are the very broad categories that I look at. Now, granted, if you are a single solopreneur entrepreneur, you're the product, you're the service, you're the brand, the behind the scenes content, which you've heard probably many people talk about when it comes to stories, to your point about your Disneyland trip, well, number one, I'm glad that you didn't interrupt your trip and you were in the moment. So that's awesome. But I will say that a lot of people bring up what kind of what you just said, which is like, I'm just not really sure how sharing, you know, me on Pirates of the Caribbean is going to actually help me be seen as an expert or an authority or help me actually generate more business. And for many personal brands and humans, I always tell them that like, I kind of think of it as like that low barrier of entry content, where maybe because you mentioned that that's your favorite ride at Disneyland, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's my favorite ride. In fact, I love the part where you think it's going to be a small dip, but then it's like a big dip and then you get the splash. And now we have something in common and I immediately relate to that. And maybe I don't even say anything to you, but it's kind of stuck in my head. And that's that low barrier of entry content, meaning it's not about what you do. It's not about selling anything. It's not about the product itself. And now I've already had this open conversation. If I've direct messaged you or if I've engaged somehow, and because I've engaged with you on that, 
well, the algorithm is going to serve me more of your content again in the future. And as we build that relationship of like no trust and that relatability, well, then people are actually more likely to continue a conversation and ask you future questions. So I do love a mix of the personal and also the professional. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about how to sell without selling or what I call product placement. But I think the content that goes in your stories is what we usually want to see is we want to see real life. We want to see the authentic. And I know that's harder with a brand or a product, which is why it's so critical to have those behind the scenes, the team members, the testimonials, the how you're making the thing. Often when I have a course, I will even show how I'm making the course. I will talk about the course creation process. I will show a screen recording of it. I'll talk about the tools that I'm using to build it. So that's what, when I say the learn with you, the viewer feels like they're building the course with me. And meanwhile, I'm actually selling without selling. And I'm saying, I have a course, here's what it's all about. And after a couple of weeks of me building it, people are ready. I, I barely even need to tell them, hey, it's time to sign up because they're already sending me DMs. When can I sign up for this? And so that's how I love to use the stories is to have a mix of that, who you are, can I learn about you, your personality, your perspective, you know, the uncopy pastables, the stuff that people are going to really, truly connect with that you can't copy from somebody else that you're following in your feed and that uniqueness of the person or the brand or the product. And then also how you can help people that are in your niche or your specialty as well. So that's how I typically use stories. Okay. So what I heard you say is show what you're doing or teach. You said about me, from me, with me, right? So how do we know what kind of information we should choose to put into the story, right? Because if I think of someone like me working from a home office, you know, I spend my whole day literally behind this darn computer, right? So I don't think there's anything visually exciting about what I do. And I know I'm like a lot of people that are listening, right? They sit at a cubicle or they sit in an office and they're there all day long. What in the world are they going to be sharing? Do you understand what I'm asking? They're not at Disneyland. They're not at a cool destination all the time. Yes. And I've been there. So if you are that person who is in an office and you are thinking, what am I possibly going to share about your day? And if it is supposed to be about your day, like you're not a marketing support person who is running an account for like a product, it actually gets to be you. A lot of us really think that we have boring days, boring lives, nothing special going on. What am I possibly going to show if I'm sitting in my office eight hours plus a day? And so one of the things that I recommend is to start asking your audience questions. And that could be something as simple as putting in poll stickers or question stickers and or literally just verbally asking people questions because everybody loves to share their opinion. Everybody loves to feel included and everybody loves to help people generally. And so that's a really easy way. So I would say ask questions and to be honest, I always say there is such magic in the mundane. Just like I was sitting watching reality TV, original reality TV and the real world, the mundane, boring things that we do every day absolutely are what we relate to other people. So here's an example. I got a flat tire yesterday. And so I talked about it. <laughs> and, and out of all of my stories, not the stories where I talked about marketing or tips or me creating something. Yes, I got engagement on those as well. 
But I got more conversation happening about that tire and tips and questions and asking if I was okay. And if I put that on a piece of paper and said, you should talk about your flat tire today, people would be like, oh, that sounds really boring. We have content all around us. And if you're worried that your content is just absolutely horrifically boring, the most boring content, if you put a question on it or you put a poll on it and ask people or you could say, help, what should I do? People will start engaging. I had something happen to me today. Now you made me think about this. I had a HVAC people come to my house because my air coil for my air conditioning died and I had to spend $5,000 to have these three guys come into the house, take the old one out, put the new one in here. They were here for four hours. And I'm thinking to myself now creatively, I could have totally documented what it's like to basically have something unexpected happen to you, right? That throws a wrench in your day, right? And takes four hours out of your day as these guys are literally in my office up in the attic, you know what I mean? Replacing an air coil. And then I probably could have figured out a way to connect that to somehow marketing, right? Like sometimes things happen that are outside your control, seize the moment and make something out of it. I don't know. I would imagine there's a way to take what happens in your life and just like, or you could just say, hey, what do you do when you had plans and they got thrown for, you know, something went wrong because you had like a mechanical breakdown with your car or with your air conditioning unit? I mean, I guess there's, believe it or not, that would create interest. Absolutely. And two things you just said there, like you said, it costs $5,000. And it's so funny because we haven't talked about this immediately. Like if you would have said, how much do you think it cost? Yeah. Uh, my husband and I have a joke where literally if it's house related, it, the minimum is 5,000 for everything. It's like you crack a tile, it's 5,000. You break a window, it's 5,000. And so immediately I'm uh, already Oh, that's good. I could have said, how much, <laughs> how much do you think it costs, right? Okay. Exactly. Or does everything cost 5,000 if it's related to the house? A little side connection. I think what I'm hearing you say is these things humanize you and people you said earlier buy from people they know, like, and trust. And if someone looks up to you as just someone who they've got on a pedestal and they don't see that there's things that go wrong in your life, you know, and then they see, oh, you're human, just like they are. Things go wrong in your life, just like they do in my life. That's interesting to people is what you're really telling me, right? Because that's what we learn from reality television. Yeah, humanizing yourself. And and I'll even give you a little science because, you know, I'm a science nerd. So I have to slip this in there. There is actually a psychological phenomenon called the pratfall effect. And it's about how imperfections actually could potentially make us more likable. And I found that really great because I am definitely an imperfect person. And I think it's really hard for probably the majority of us to relate to perfection. And so when we see someone that this is the, the key to the study, it wasn't just anyone. But when we see someone who we already deem as highly competent, if we see and experience their vulnerabilities, a mess up, a mistake, a flaw, we actually do show that we can relate to them and like them even more. So yes, absolutely. Being the same person as you are online as you are offline, which is very, very hard and I know feels very, very vulnerable, is definitely something that is going to accelerate that trust and that relationship. And I think stories unique, uniquely gives you that ability to do that at scale because it doesn't have to be edited. In fact, I don't really edit anything. It, you don't have to make a caption. You don't have to really do anything. You just 
open it up and talk to people. So in my mind, it's just the fastest, most authentic type of social media communication that I'm currently using. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Okay, so showing up in stories, like how we show up, we talked about asking questions. What else can we learn about how we ought to, we've decided we're going to do a story, right? What else can we do to kind of like make the story essentially more interesting to people? Well, I think the first thing is actually not about you creating content in the stories. A lot of people will ask me about engagement in stories. How do I get my engagement up? What should I be doing? My engagement fell off. And I always say, are you proactively engaging and creating the community that you want to be surrounded with? And so the first thing that I do before I do anything, before I create content, before I post stories, is I do take a few minutes, and I just mean a couple minutes, not 20, not 30, not an hour. If you want to do it for an hour, that's amazing, to really what I call less contenting and more commenting. And it's about really being a super fan of other people in your community and actually engaging with them. Because when you stop and engage with them, especially in a story, they're going to see you more often. They have an awareness of you and they see your your name pop up in the notifications and they're like, wow, that was really nice of you. I'm glad that you commented or thanks for adding to the story. And so now we're gonna see each other more often in the stories feed because of the algorithm. And when you post something, they're more likely to engage with it. So the first thing is, if you're concerned about engagement, it's really important to be focused on proactively being an engager first. And I feel like the most important content is sometimes overlooked and it's truly comments on your conversation. So that's the first place I would start before you're even making stories. Just clarification. Are we specifically talking about commenting on feed posts and reels, or are we talking about DMing people in, in, in stories? What do you mean by that? I do both, but since we're talking specifically about stories, I would say for this example, just really be thoughtful and intentional about talking to people in stories. Does that mean go through the whole list and drop three fire emojis in every single person's story? No. Some of the best things that we can ever do have to be and will always be unscalable. And that's the human part of it. So maybe it's five people a day, or maybe it's your top list of prospects or past clients and staying proactively engaged with them so that they have a feeling that there's an omnipresence of you around and also will see your content, know that you engage regularly with them and be more likely to give you some engagement as well. So that's what I mean by that. Anything else about us showing up in stories? that we want to focus on? 
Yes, definitely. I love to encourage, of course, face to camera and voice as well. And I know where there's a lot of us who still don't want to be on camera, or there might be marketing managers who are not the face of the person or the brand that they are able to help market. So that poses its own unique challenges. But definitely, I would recommend we talked about this briefly using the engagement stickers. And I'll give you a couple of tips on how I use them that perhaps maybe you haven't thought of or haven't come back to in a while. So everybody kind of knows about the poll stickers, which is great. And I love the poll sticker because it doesn't require people to think and they're moving quickly through those stories. So when you give them a this or a that or an either or kind of opportunity, it's easy for them to just click one or the other. And every single time somebody clicks one of those poll stickers, it's going to send a signal to the algorithm and it's going to say, hey, this is somebody who just interacted with this poll sticker. So let's make sure that we show Chelsea's story more often at the front of the lineup to this person in the future. It's also going to indicate people are engaging with this post or this story. So we should show it to more people as well. So the poll stickers, that's super easy. The question sticker, I think is a little underrated. And honestly, I need to get back to using it as well. And I think from what I've been asking people, this is why the question sticker isn't used as much. Now, if you have a big following or if you have, you're an influencer, of course, sort of those ask me anythings are probably going to be really fun and get flooded with questions. But for the everyday person, the personal brand who is like, but what if nobody asks me a question and I post the sticker? One thing that I didn't realize for a long time, and I'm not sure where I was, but it just never clicked with me is you can ask yourself the question. All you have to do is post it to your story and you can go watch your story and it's anonymous. So nobody knows who actually submitted the question. So you can have a list of commonly asked questions or questions that your clients or your potential clients don't even know they should be asking. And that's a great way for you to have topical information to show your expertise and authority and to also encourage viewers, oh, they do this weekly Q&A or they do this on the regular, just like Adam Oseri does. He does a weekly Q&A. And so you're you're priming your audience to understand that you like to answer those questions. Uh, question about the question sticker for those that don't use it, including myself. Do you have to show the question that's being asked in the next story? Or can you just make a video that says so-and-so asked a question? So you'd put the sticker on it. And here's what I'd recommend when you're when you're using the question sticker. Be specific and, and tell people specifically what you'd like them to ask about. Because nothing is worse than when our brain is like, okay, anybody, if you have a question, ask me anything, anything you want to know. And a lot of times people are like, hmm, I don't know. But if I said, does anybody have a question about how to use Instagram stories and add the question sticker? It's so specific that people are like, yes, either yes or no, right? So the more specific that you can be with those questions, the better. And what I do is I can t put that right on my story. And then when people are viewing it, they can tap on it and they can type something in and it's totally anonymous, which is the best part because you can be one of the viewers of your own story and you can just type into your question sticker. And then what can happen on the on the other side is that when you get all of those suggestions, you can actually take those those questions or those comments and it will allow you to create a future story, another story with that little question right up here. It doesn't say who sent it and you can say, this is a great question and start answering it. Or I get this question often. 
And you could save it to your camera roll and you could, you know, easily repurpose that into another format as well, where you are answering a question that might be commonly asked by your ideal client. Perfect. Talk to me about captions. What are your thoughts on captions? I love captions and it is absolutely a must for me. Any kind of video that I'm creating on Instagram, whether it's reels or stories or just a regular feed post, absolutely unequivocally has to have captions if there is someone speaking. The main reason is for accessibility and inclusivity for the deaf and hard of hearing communities. And also for upwards of 80 plus percent of users, I think was the last stat that choose to consume with no sound. I'm one of them. And real specifically is sound off, at least for right now. So if you want people to engage with your content, you have to give them different ways to consume according to their needs or their preferences at the time of what they, maybe they're in a crowded place, maybe they have a new baby and they just don't want to have the sound on. I'm also neurodivergent, so it helps my brain when I can actually read it and hear someone say it at the same time. So there's a variety of reasons to have those closed captions. And mainly it's also to think about when you're trying to to scan through something, our brains can't help but read something. Like if I put a sentence up right now and said, don't read it, (laughs) once you look at it, it's too late. And so it is another way to sort of break up that visual pattern interrupt where people can actually see text or words. So I am a big, huge, huge proponent and fan of captions on stories and especially Instagram reels to increase that watch time, to stop the scroll, and to help people really be able to consume your content in a variety of ways. Okay, newbie question here, because obviously I'm not super active on Instagram. Does it automatically generate the captions or do you have to generate them? And can you edit them and not have it be word for word and kind of have it be just a shortened summary? What's your thoughts on that? Yes, I hope one day they add an option to just turn on automatic captioning. But at this time, you create your story and you're going to create one that's a video. Okay, so if you have a picture, you won't see this option. So if you're testing it and you're playing with it later, make sure that you just record a test video. You could just say, hey, this is a test video. I want to see what happens with captions. And that's all you need to do. Then when you're going to go up to your sticker menu and you click on the sticker menu and you will see a captions sticker. When you tap on that, it magically auto transcribes everything that you've been saying in that video. And it's pretty darn accurate. Now, it's not always 100%. And so I love that when I tap on those closed captions that have now been added, I can edit anything I want in there. And there's a fun fact that if you actually say a bad word or a swear word, it actually bleeps it out and puts all the little symbols as oh, that's well. Cool. So. That's cool. <laughs> okay, cool. So you can totally change it. Basically you use the caption sticker. It'll attempt to automatically create the captions for you. And can you stylize those captions as well? Yes. My tip on that is functional, not fancy. And I know it's so tempting because so many of us, I did for years, was so focused on aesthetics and the aesthetics of Instagram. And so sometimes we get excited and we want the cute, like fancy fonts, but sometimes it's really hard to read. We want to make it so it's so simple. It's so functional, sometimes different colors or if you highlight the back of it. So I usually just leave it as the very first default and also just to help people visually 
I do like to put a dark background behind it so that it just is a little bit easier to read. And I get it. That's, you know, somebody might say, oh, that's like two steps. It is. And as a community member who's viewing it, I know that I would appreciate it. And if you want me to engage with your stories, that might be the only way that I know what you're saying so that I can engage with it. I would imagine you can move around where the captions are located based on what you're filming, right? So if you're not filming your face and you don't have it cover the torso of your body and you're filming something else with the other camera and you want to be able to see something, you can move it around up all over the place. Is that correct? You can move it all around. You can, you know, make it larger, make it smaller. And that's definitely something that has been a little bit more of a challenge with Instagram Reels is kind of figuring out where you're going to put your text because there's some areas that you don't want to cross over and have that text being covered up. But on stories, I would say just as long as you don't keep it too far low so that maybe somebody might accidentally, you know, not be able to read it or it got, gets cut off. It's really wherever you might want to put it. And as long as, as it's large enough to read, sometimes if you just get it too small, it's a little bit too hard to see. But don't spend too much time on it. But know that it is a really important tool to your community members to be able to engage with that content. Okay, let's get to... The exciting part for me as a marketer, which is how do we actually get the conversion, the lead, the sale, whatever we're attempting to get with our stories? Because so far we've talked about why stories are so important. We've talked about the kinds of things we could record inside the stories. We've talked about some cool engagement techniques with stickers. But now, how do we actually move someone to the point where we're going to ask for a sale? Well, there's a couple of different ways you can think about how to use your stories for conversion and or selling. And I think in terms of organic or free and also sort of manual, like you don't have a system set up, but you're going to kind of take the onesie twosies. But there's also paid advertising. And a lot of people like to use both or just one or the other. So in terms of the organic piece of this, the first step is please make sure that your Instagram bio and profile is fully optimized. You have the right keywords in there. People know exactly what you do, where you're at, if it's location specific and how you can help them. Because right now people are going to be coming to your profile and especially if they're checking you out for the first time and they see a reel and maybe they looked at your stories, we want them to click the follow button. Plus you have a link in your bio. And a lot of times you might be telling people, I have downloads. You can sign up for my course. You can sign up for this and you can go to the link in my bio. So it's important that you have that optimized so that you have somewhere to direct people. And also we can now put the link inside of the story. So before you had to have 10,000 followers, you had to get the swipe up. There was all these different workarounds. And so that ability has gotten much easier as far as the verbalization or the promotion of that, I personally like to do kind of that learn with me where I'm showing what I'm doing. I'm getting prepared for it. I'm creating the product. You get to see a little bit of the behind the scenes. And then I talk about how excited I am that we're launching. We're going to be launching next week. Here's what's going to be included. Here's testimonials from past customers. Here's some results. I love to, with permission, of course, and making it anonymous, I love to share some of my DM conversations with happy customers and testimonials as a story because then people get to see other people talking about you and your product and how you help them. And so it's just another form of user-generated content 
that you're able to then showcase as part of here's what you're going to get with the service, the course, the product. So I think the biggest downfall that I personally have is I forget to talk about what I'm selling in my stories. And I need to actually be more conscientious of intentionally marketing and not just putting up a story that says sale, I could sale on this course, you know, 25% off, but really telling the story, which is why it's called stories of what is inside. What do I get with it? How is it going to solve one specific problem? And how do I know if it's not for me? Well, this may not be for you if. And so creating a series of stories that talks about the product or service and who would be a good fit and who wouldn't and doing that multiple times. And that is a really, really great way because not everybody's going to watch your stories every day. Somebody that's been following you and watching your stories that you've been talking to in direct messages for two or three years is going to say, oh my gosh, did you post about that? I didn't even know that you posted about this course you were having. Well, I did a whole week of posts, but I guess nobody was watching. (laughs) So we do have to repeat and remind. And I think what I see a lot of is more sort of like unpaid ad style where it's like, here's a post, here's a template. I would love to see behind the scenes more see a peek of like, here's a sneak peek of what you're going to get. You know, it's like when you write a book, you can say, if you want to download one of my free chapters so that you can check it out, it's the same concept. Now that question sticker that we talked about as well, if you haven't gotten all of your systems in place yet, I know this is manual and I know that you can use, you know, ManyChat, which is an awesome tool to have people commenting in your DMs to sort of automate this. My friend Shannon McKinstry uh, did this and I'm like, oh, Shannon, that's brilliant. So I got to give her a shout out for it. But, you know, you don't have to ask people just for comments or questions in that question sticker. They could potentially even put in their email and you could be talking about whatever it is that you want to be selling or promoting and say, if you'd like me to send you your free copy or if you want to send me information, just drop your email and I'm happy to send that to you because we just want something right there. We don't have to go here and then go to three websites and then fill it out. So just as easy as possible and a frictionless. But I think talking about what you're doing and not just the promotion of it is a critical piece in that storytelling of Instagram stories. You know, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking to myself, if I was super active and I wanted to get more active on Instagram, for sure, I could start talking about what my day is like. And for sure, I could start sharing what I'm learning. And for sure, I could start sharing what I'm building and what I'm doing. And if I'm super strategic, I could see myself at the end of every series of stories, figuring out a connection to get someone to take the next action. So that like, if there's three stories a day that are just behind the scenes, the fourth story might be, and by the way, if you want to go a little bit deeper, sign up for my newsletter, right? And here's the link, right? Because the truth is that they disappear every 24 hours. And it's fair to assume that not everybody is going to see every one of your stories, right? So you've got to be repetitive. It's just like having a newsletter that comes out once a week and always having an ad in there for whatever it is that you do, because there's multiple things that are inside that newsletter, right? Educational stuff, and then your actual stuff. And we have to remember to ask for the darn sale consistently, don't we? That is so true what you said about the newsletter. One little thing that I will tell you too, because yes, it disappears, but remember you have Instagram story highlights where you can save all of your awesome stories or maybe not all of them, but some of them, which you should be because those basically serve as 
web pages on your website. Your profile is the website. And you want to have as much context and content about who you are and how you help people and how your product solves their problem right there on that profile. So absolutely, you can save and repurpose some of those stories into your highlights, which can kind of live on your page and also help in that conversion as well. So people can deep dive on that. But absolutely, it is important to prime and remind. And one thing that you were saying as I was thinking of that is, you know, I personally would love to learn about behind the scenes of your incredible event as somebody who's been there. And that's a way that you are absolutely selling and promoting your incredible event without even selling it. You could talk about the the Zoom call that I just had with three of the most incredible speakers, and I just can't wait to announce them. And they're going to be talking about X, Y, and Z. If you're interested and you want to sign up for the wait list, here's the link. Go grab that. Or I could talk about the 14 people that I just recruited today because I just started literally recruiting for social media marketing world today. Yes. You know, yay. I'm not going to tell anybody who they are. Chelsea, this has been really, really fascinating. I know there's so much more where this came from. And if people want to discover more about Chelsea Pites, where do you want to send them? Obviously, tell your Instagram account. And then if people want to connect with you at your company, where do you want to send them? That is the best place to get a hold of me is Instagram. It's where I spend the majority of my time. I'm on all the other socials as well. But Chelsea.Pites is where you can find me on the gram. Send me a DM. Let me know that you are a fan of the show. And maybe one day we'll all be able to meet up in person at the next conference. Why don't you spell it out for the audio listeners just so they don't know? Yes, it's Chelsea, C-H-E-L-S. E-A, and my last name is P-E-I-T-Z. A fellow person with a Z in their last name. Chelsea, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all your insights with us. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 573. If you're new to the show, be sure to click that follow button on your app. If you've been a long time listener, would you let your friends know about this show? I'm at Stelzner on Instagram, at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.